While the top four teams divided head-to-head, the other 28 teams have gotten off at Elimination Station. As the scrambling around for a head start to the offseason begins, new coaches, players, retirement updates, and free agent targets have shaken up the game. Who are the biggest winners and losers heading into next offseason? Find out now on Beyond the Blitz. Good afternoon, morning, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. Blitz crew back at it as always. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, special guest today, rejoining us once more. Morgan Pangle, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing excellent. Glad to be back on the show. Glad to be talking football with you guys. Absolutely. I'm happy to have you, dude. You're a great guest. All right, now, got to start out with a quick rapid-fire questions for our guests. See exactly, got to test their football knowledge, see if they're worthy of being here with the Blitz crew. So, Morgan, are you ready? Born ready. Question number one. Is Ryan Tannehill the Titans franchise quarterback? No. Explain. Ryan Tannehill is old. He did not show a lot of success in Miami. And while he has looked good for this Titans team, I think he benefits off of an astounding run game and a coach in Mike Vrabel that is able to scheme around uh, Tannehill's inconsistencies and provide him weapons to use. A.J. Brown has had a great rookie campaign, um, whether it was Marcus Mariota or Ryan Tannehill. And I think that overall Tannehill is not this franchise QB. He's looked good in the postseason. He looked good near the end of this season. They may have him for a year or two more, but he is not a long-term solution for this team. I'm going to mark that up as a hot take. Next up, is Marshawn Lynch coming back next season? In his press conference, Marshawn Lynch said something along the lines of, you know, keep your money, look out for yourself, talking about the players. I don't think Lynch is coming back next season. I think more <laughs> Lynch is... Um, one, or I could say three-week contract with the Seahawks was more of a, a publicity statement for him, but I don't think Lynch is back next year. I think Lynch really hangs up the cleats. Don't think he's coming back next season. Well, Tom Brady is in the midst of retirement, and Lamar Jackson's about to hoist up the MVP trophy. Morgan, my question for you is, is Patrick Mahomes actually the best quarterback in the NFL? I don't know if Patrick Mahomes threw for 30 touchdowns this season or over 5,000 yards, but in terms of being a complete quarterback, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes has the arm to sling it as far as he can to a variety of wide receivers, whether a fast slot receiver or someone tall um, and agile like Sammy Watkins. Mahomes can do it all. He's mobile. He's got a good arm. He has a great pocket presence. Um, he possesses all, all the traits um, a great quarterback does. I think Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Speaking of Lamar Jackson, 0-2 in the playoffs. Will he ever get over the playoff home? I, I think he will. He's being coached up um, by one of the best coaches in the league right now, John Harbaugh. And um, Lamar Jackson's a very talented quarterback. Of course, has some inconsistencies in the passing game and definitely had a lack of playoff experience. Collapsed against the Chargers last year and is just young and still getting his feet wet in the league and just doesn't have that playoff experience that other quarterbacks have seen. I think he'll definitely get over the hump. Just needs more time in the NFL. Just needs more time to kind of mesh with this team. Uh, he looked great this season. It was just, I think, an experience that ruined him in the end. Legends Bill Cowher and Jimmy Johnson are the first two members of the new Hall of Fame class. Who else would you like to see this year? I would love to see Rondé Barber this year. Of course, he is not a semifinalist or finalist by any means, but Rondé Barber has been a case for me to be in the Hall of Fame for quite some time. I'm just going to run some stats by you guys real quick. Uh, Ty Law, a current Hall of Famer, in his career had 838 tackles. Rondé Barber had 1,231 tackles. Ty Law had 53 interceptions. Rondé Barber had 47 interceptions, six less. 
Um, Rondé Barber had 28 sacks to Tylaw's five sacks. For a corner to have 28 sacks is quite remarkable. Barber's 197 pass breakups completely destroys Tylaw's 108 pass breakups. In terms of tackle for a loss, Rondé Barber has 88, while Tylaw finished his career with 19. Rondé Barber finished his career with 12 touchdowns, while Ty Law finished his career with 7 touchdowns. Rondé Barber beats Ty Law in every statistical category except for interceptions, but Ty Law is in the Hall of Fame and Rondé Barber is not. I would love to see Rondé Barber get some more consideration, being a cornerstone on one of the greatest defenses in NFL history in that 2002-2003 Buccaneers defense. I would love to see Rondé Barber in the Hall of Fame. There's definitely a lot of players I would see before Rondé, but Rondé was definitely a fun player to watch when I was growing up as a kid. You know, he was a core of that Tampa Bay defense for a very long time. Oh, definitely. Now, we have a national champion. LSU Tigers have defeated Clemson. Let's go, LSU. Two of the best quarterbacks in the business. What are your thoughts on Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence? Joe Burrow, at the beginning of the season, um, I had asked a couple of my friends who were LSU fans what they thought of this uh, emergence of Joe Burrow, and they were a bit skeptical about uh, Joe Burrow's uh, sudden success. However, as the season progressed, they were all, they really fell, fell in love with this new Joe Burrow and the scheme they put him around. I think Joe Burrow is a very talented quarterback. He's got the arm talent to make in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence um, is recognizable from almost anywhere on the field, anywhere in the stands with those flowing locks. Trevor Lawrence is an incredible quarterback, has a couple turnover issues, um, but has made that Clemson offense look incredible. Um, a, a great um, next step from Deshaun Watson. Clemson fans have not been shortchanged of great quarterbacks, and um, I'm a big fan of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, really wish he could just declare for the draft right now and go out and play for a team. Really want to see this guy in the NFL, but excited to see him play one more year for Clemson. Yeah, I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence could be the Nets' real deal in the NFL, so I guess we'll measure that as the time goes on. Hopefully he doesn't get hit by the injury plague. Most intriguing sophomore campaign, Morgan, in this upcoming season? That's a good question. Uh, I'm going to give you Dwayne Haskins on this one. Dwayne Haskins is going to solidify that starting job for Washington and um, is going to show that talent he showed in Ohio State, that big arm he had. Uh, he had some accuracy issues, but I really think he's going to come into his own. Terry McLaurin is looking like a true number one wide receiver for that Redskins offense. Darius Geis, if he can get over that injury bug, is looking like he can be that running back. Dwayne Haskins, had, you know, he's putting it together. Dwayne Haskins can put it together, and this team could be good. Uh, he just needs some more experience out there. Survey says that answer was correct. Yes. Biggest shock of the season. What do you got? Whether it's one moment or just a whole kind of string of events. Biggest shock of the season. I mean, I'd really love to say the Titans really dominating the Ravens in almost every facet. This, this was very, a very intriguing season, of course, and there was a lot to marvel about. I mean, Andrew Luck retiring at the beginning of the season was something that no one really saw coming. Um except for maybe his offensive line. But uh, the the Titans beating the Ravens, um, which we'll cover later, was one of the most shocking things, in my opinion, this season because the Ravens, um, and as a couple of my buddies put it, they wouldn't even watch the game because they thought it was going to be boring. The Ravens were going to slaughter the Titans, and the Titans came out with an excellent game plan. He, they were able to limit Lamar Jackson's um, effectiveness on the ground, and while he had a lot of yards, they were able to limit uh, that translation to points. The Titans had a great game. That just really shocked me. I woke up the next morning was like, wow, that's pretty incredible. Anyone who expects a blowout after Derrick Henry's amazing performance doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Like, Derrick, with Derrick Henry on the field, you can win a football game. That's end of story. Interesting topic coming up right here. It's kind of something that not other people know about, but former NFL receiver Chad Johnson, legendary receiver, is trying out to be a kicker in the XFL. What do you think about that? 
Chad Johnson, a.k.a. Ocho Cinco, a.k.a. Ocho Cincum. This man is about to be the greatest kicker the XFL's ever seen. I was a great. <laughs> I loved Ocho Cinco growing up. Thought he was an incredible wide receiver. Would love to see this guy um, be a dominant kicker in the XFL. I'm about to print 350 T-shirts that say Ocho Cinco, more like Ocho Cincum. Get yours today. <laughs> I want to see him go to the Vipers. Final question. Cleveland hires former Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski. He's the only coach we didn't get to talk about on our last podcast, so we're going to let you have the honors, Morgan. You know, this wasn't a, a standout hire for me. Uh, Kevin Stefanski's been able to scheme around this Vikings team. I mean, Dalvin Cook looked incredible this season um, in terms of kind of having a, one of those bounce-back seasons people people were hoping he was going to have, and I think that, that does a lot with the scheming of this offensive coordinator. Um, with a lot of qualified coaches out there um, kind of just sitting at home, Hugh Jackson to name, uh, I'm surprised the Cleveland Browns took the route of snatching that offensive coordinator from the Vikings. And the Browns faced, scrutiny, faced a lot of scrutiny after um, the Vikings were only able to put up 10 points against the 49ers. Um, the 49ers, though, do have a stout defense, and I think the Vikings' offense was pretty great throughout the entire season. Again, if you're working with Kirk Cousins and he's having the success he's having, there's got to be some scheme. There's got to be a good scheme going on because Kirk Cousins by himself – he doesn't get that done. I think Kirk Cousins has always been a very on-and-off player, and he just turned it on. I don't know how much it has to do with Stefanski, but I, I've always believed in Kirk, and he finally earned his paycheck. Yeah. All right, and now we are going to have the divisional round recap. We've talked about a couple of these games already, but let's go a little bit into some more detail. Just talked about Kirk Cousins. Thought that he could possibly get it done against the 49ers, but the offense couldn't get it done as they lose in San Francisco 27-10. to Guys, what do you think about this game? How come the only team the Vikings can beat in the postseason is the Saints? You know, the 49ers looked like a complete team. They looked like a championship-caliber team, and they're going to have a big chance to prove it this upcoming week. They deserve that win. They were the better team. 100% agree with that. 49ers looked like a team that got a week of rest and used that week of rest to prepare. Looked like a, a complete playoff team. The Vikings had a great win the previous week, but the 49ers were just able to put it together for a dominant win. I think for me, the 49ers, there were a couple times where they made mistakes, but they cleaned up those mistakes really well in this game. So I can see them, and we're going to talk about the Packers later, but I can see them going into a game like against the Packers, and yes, they might make a couple of mistakes against a really good Packers defense but I can see them cleaning that up and I think that Jimmy Garoppolo in his first ever start in a playoff game he looked like he's been a playoff vet the last couple of years even though this is his first ever playoff game so kudos to him correct me if I'm wrong the one thing that I feel like is almost the most important thing on the field is your ability to clean up mistakes yeah every team in the NFL is going to make mistakes it's how you come back from those oh yeah and kudos to the 49ers on a seven a three score win like in the postseason that's impressive. Oh, no, that defense is fantastic. So now I think probably the most shocking win for any team this season, the Titans going into Baltimore and beating the Ravens 28-13. to What do you guys think about this game? I think that Coach Rabel is doing a great job right. in Tennessee right now. He should be considered for— Coach uh, of the year. Coach of the year. Well, I mean, that's going to go to Matt LaFleur. I think that there's no other candidate there of— it's just amazing things Matt LaFleur has done there in But Green Rabel Bay. should at least be considered. Like Rabel the, should definitely be considered. The only thing with that is arguably, um, well, the decision, first off, to bench Mariota for Tannehill, great. But, you know, Derrick Henry, he's their guy. He's that dude. I do think Derrick Henry is the best running back currently in the NFL. Give me Derrick Henry right now above Todd Gurley from a season ago, above Zeke the year before that. 
Derrick Henry right now is one of the greatest running backs of all time. When he's playing like this, he can't be beat. The only thing that Derrick Henry's problem is overall is consistency. But once he's hot, he's hot. It takes him a while to get there. He's there, and he's going to have another 150-plus rush yard performance against the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's going to keep his team in this. Titans defense, also no joke. They shut down the MVP. And Lamar Jackson still got 500 all-purpose yards, right. which when you only put up 13 points, you you why? Like, what? But Tennessee red zone defense, amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on the podcast, this was my uh, this was my shock of the season because uh, this Ravens team, I was sure, had talent at every level and would completely expose the Titans team. I thought had a lot of weaknesses. Derrick Henry proved me wrong, um, like he proved er- er- Earl Thomas wrong by shoving him to the ground. Uh, I truly believe that uh, this Titans team has come from a come a long way from getting blown out by the Broncos to now being able to. Uh, make a deep run in the playoffs. I don't think they'll do much against the Chiefs, to be 100% honest, but I am very. this win, I think, is incredible for them. You would have said the same thing about Baltimore a week before that. This team can compete it's with true. anyone. Yeah, I think with the Titans, the fact that they're doing so much with so little in the passing game is insane because the last two games, we've seen Ryan Tannehill throw for under 100 yards. But the fact that Ryan Tannehill is coming through in the clutch and throwing touchdowns and not turning the ball over, that's also really helping this team out the fact that also on fourth and one they stopped them i believe twice on fourth and one which was unheard of during the regular season so yeah you got to definitely give it up to that defense get up to derrick henry and again mike rabel um fantastic coaching on that side and to win in baltimore just great it's good to see on um, the titans go on this storybook run and now we have who they're gonna play in the afc championship the kansas city chiefs Playing against the Texans and getting the 51-31 win didn't look like the Chiefs were going to win this game at all, down 24-0, but they rolled back, steamrolled this defense, outscoring them 51-7. to What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I mean, Justin, this was the most entertaining first half of a football game ever. Houston was up by 24-0 in the first half. The halftime score was 28-24. to Like, What? Kyle Shanahan must have masked himself and went out in the booth and started coaching for the Texans in the second and third quarter. Like, the Texans looked good. And then the Chiefs looked better. Amazing. What the Chiefs did in the last three quarters of football in that game was absolutely insane. If they can play like that, if you get rid of that first quarter, that Chiefs performance was mind-boggling. And if they can play like that next week, Super Bowl champs. Yeah. Easy. Then this is why uh, football is a four-quarter sport. If it was only a a one-quarter sport, the Texans would have walked away and walked into the AFC Championship. But um, if you have Vernon Hargreaves, uh, the third on your defense, you're going to expect to get torched for at least 31 points a game. And Houston got torched for 51 points. Kudos to Andy Reid for staying cool, down 24-0, running his gameplay, letting Patrick Mahomes do what Patrick Mahomes does, making big-time throws down the field and making reads and looking the other way when throwing to a receiver on the other side of the field. Kudos to that Chiefs team. Kudos to the Texans for making it look like it could be a game at one point, but kudos to the Chiefs for absolutely steamrolling them in the final quarter and a half. Yeah, you also got to give it to this Kansas City Chiefs defense in the second half. They definitely transformed this game, only allowing them, the Texans, to score seven points in the second half. And now them having the advantage at home, I think it's hard for them to be beat. 
I could see them going to the Super Bowl, but we're going to talk about that later. And the last game we saw in the divisional round, the Packers at home just squeaking by the Seattle Seahawks, 28-23. to What do you guys think? This is one of the examples that the final score doesn't always tell the story of a game. I think the Packers won by more than the score says. Okay. I think that they played leaps and bounds better. Yes, they gave up a lot at the end of the game, but when you play as well as you did for the first three quarters, you can almost afford to do that. Like, granted, I've seen that has happened a lot in the NFL where teams get a comfortable lead, they stop, and then it's a close game, and that's what happened here. But I still think the Packers were the better team, and that's why they won. Uh, there's that controversial call late in the game, which, if you look at it, you can still argue whether or not there was a first down because the yellow line is not official. Right. It's not official. Look at the picture. That's yellow line wasn't where the actual chain was. So yes. you can argue that all day. I mean, at the same time, they called it a first down on the field. It's hard to overturn that kind of call without a good camera angle. That I think that call is right. Uh, this Green Bay team is impressive. Aaron Rodgers at home, you never know. Like They're always going to compete with him. That's just the way it's going to be. You know, Seattle played well. They played well. Russell Wilson is still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he proved that. Yeah. He did what he did his part. But I think this Green Bay team is a lot better than a five-point victory, and I'm really interested to see how they come out next week. I have to agree with Brandon on this one. The final score does not at all indicate how this game went. Um, up until halftime, really, the Packers were dominating this game. They were dominating the run game. They were dominating the trenches. They just seemed like the better team. They seemed like they were well-prepared. Shout-out to the Seahawks for coming back, though, um, staying level-headed in that situation and being able to orchestrate a comeback. But the call on the field, it is what it is. Um, the Seahawks had a great season. Credit where credit's due. It was a good game. Packers are on to the NFC Championship. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you guys. I think the Packers deserve to win this game. But the way their defense played at the end of the game, I just don't know if they can move on and play four quarters of football you allowed three touchdowns in a row to a in my opinion a one-dimensional Seahawks offense that was all Russell Wilson I will give props to Russell Wilson he had a fantastic game but when you are allowing three straight touchdowns when you know what's coming you pretty much know the pass is going to come until you get into the red zone you're just going to hand it off to Marshawn Lynch I just don't know if this Packers defense can play all four quarters my argument with that is is there's a handful of players in the NFL a handful of quarterbacks that you cannot possibly game for you have russell wilson uh patrick mahomes lamar jackson i gotta put carson wentz up there deshaun watson we saw it against buffalo yeah just players like this you cannot game plan for no matter how good your team is these players will rip big ones off of you jimmy garoppolo is a much easier quarterback to game plan for i think you can actually strategize a way to slow him down and he's nowhere near as a high high powered offensive weapon that Russell Wilson is. I like the 49ers team better than I like Seattle's team, but I like Matt LaFleur as a coach. This is going to be the biggest challenge of his career, and I think he's going to do it. Okay. We're about to go to one of our more favorite subjects here on Beyond the Blitz. It's time for Hot Takes. So today here on Hot Takes, we're going to talk about some more headlines that we couldn't quite talk about at the beginning with a strong emphasis on retirement. It's retirement season, and there's two big, big names that have already announced retires. I'm sure more is coming in the next couple of days. Heck, maybe in the next couple of hours, possibly something's going on right this second we don't even know about. But retirement season is always insane. Every year we get a lot of big names, and this year, no different. I want to start out with the less surprising one of the two, and that's Antonio Gates, the Chargers tight end, 16 seasons in the NFL, has the record for the most receiving touchdowns out of any tight end in football. I think it's 116 touchdowns. Uh, surpassed legendary Tony Gonzalez. 
amazing player, amazing career, and he's definitely, in my opinion, first ballot Hall of Famer. What do you guys think? Yeah, Antonio Gates is an absolute legend. Uh, I can remember watching Antonio Gates as a kid, and I can wa- remember watching Antonio Gates last season. Antonio Gates had long- longevity in the NFL, uh, was an absolute stud for this Chargers team, uh, really helped Phillip Rivers develop having that tight end that he could just kind of throw to, that tight end he could trust. It's sad to see him leave the game, but for what it's for what it's worth, he's made an incredible impact. Yeah, definitely. I think Antonio Gates is one of the best, if not the best tight end in the NFL. He definitely changed the game for tight ends when it comes to what a receiving tight end is, along with Tony Gonzalez. Just getting up the field, not just catching the ball and going down like Jason Witten does, but catching the ball, making a couple of guys miss, and going down the field for 20 yards. I think he, again, one of the best tight ends. Would have loved to see him get a Super Bowl ring. Not able to do that, but definitely good to see him go out on top as one of the best tight ends in NFL history. Where do you place him in the all-time tight end list? That's tough. I think it's Tony Gonzalez. Yep. It's really hard, but it's between him and Rob Gronkowski. Even though Rob Gronkowski didn't play as many seasons, he was a dominant tight end every season. I would put Antonio Gates just above Rob Gronkowski. Okay. Interesting. Bold decision. I think Antonio Gates has a more proven career than Gronkowski. Uh, I mean, you had to put... I think Antonio Gates has to be higher than Gronkowski just because of that. Right. But Gronkowski, I think, is the all-around better player do you think Gronkowski is going to get in the hall of fame yes I do if Gronkowski played his whole career he'd be a first ballot yes if Gronkowski played a full career he would have been ahead of Gates in my opinion yeah but I have Tony Gonzalez I have Shannon Sharp and then I have Antonio Gates okay I think those I think those are the top three best tight ends of all time and I'm telling you right now in 15 years we're gonna be talking about Travis Kelsey oh definitely but we were just talking about Gronkowski, you know, in early retirement. There's a lot of early retirements going on right now. We had Gronkowski last season, uh, Andrew Luck before this year, and mm-hmm. now Luke Keekley, one of the best inside linebackers in football for the Carolina Panthers. Only eight seasons in the NFL. Uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about here. A, was this the right move? B, how will the Panthers replace him? Luke Keekley, um, when he played, was a very... Uh, hard-hitting linebacker, he would have his head, his nose in every single play, whether it was a tackle for a loss in the backfield or whether he was running down the field to catch a receiver. Luke Kiko was dominant on all the field, and he played with that aggression every single game. Was this the right move for him? Uh, of course, he released a video on Twitter um, giving an explanation on why he retired. Of course, we can't give uh, justification for why he retired or why he didn't because we aren't Luke Kikley, but Luke Kikley, at the end of the day, um, made that decision, which I think is a good decision for his future, um, for his health, and uh, we lost a great linebacker, but glad he's able to move on from the NFL. Yeah, it's really hard to see some of these guys right at the peak of their career retire because if he would have played an extra three to four years, first ballot Hall of Famer, absolutely one of the best middle linebackers probably to ever play the game if you played a couple more years, but definitely in this century, in the 2010s, I mean, we just ended um, this decade, one of the best to play his position. But I mean, this is the conversation of why are these players retiring? I mean, with CTE and all this stuff going on with injuries and concussions and all these things, like, I think it was a smart decision for him to retire. He understood that this was a problem for him. And he even said in his Twitter video that he really wanted to play, but he understood he cannot play anymore because of just all the stuff that's going on in his head and just everything that's going on with him physically. I think it was a smart decision from him. Again, sad to see him go, but I think ultimately, smart decision. This wasn't as surprising as a, 
move for me as it was for most people because I actually called this earlier in the season. Justin, you can back me up on this yes, one. Yes, I can. Luke Keekley was a player that struggled with injuries a lot the last couple of years. He's definitely solidified his place as a great linebacker. However, he didn't finish a full career. I don't think he's Hall of Fame. No. Definitely not eight seasons. I don't think that's enough for him. Although, if he played a full career, yes. Uh, Luke Keekley is retiring with a name. He's retiring with money, and he's retiring with his health. He has happiness. He has a life ahead of him. Great move. Same thing Andrew Luck did. They know that they are great players, and they have more in them, but they don't want to risk it. They have money. They have a life. Live your life. There's more out there than what's on the football field. Exactly. And Luke Keekley realized that, and I wish him nothing but great things moving forward. This man was a monster, and I hope he has a great future ahead of his career. But that leaves us with a question. Why are players retiring so early? And what other players could we see retire early? To answer uh, the question of what other players we could see retire early, I had this uh, kind of formulating while you guys were talking about this. Uh, this may be a shocker, but I could see Mike Evans um, calling it uh, a career quite early. Evans has always struggled with injuries a little bit. Um, with being 6'5", um, but, also having, uh, but also having pretty great vertical speed, Evans um, sometimes has hamstring issues. Um, Evans sometimes has issues going up and getting hit down pretty hard. Evans will fight for the ball no matter what. And while he's a great player in that aspect, it has taken a toll on his body. Um, Evans has a wife. He has a kid. Um, I could see him settling down the next two or three years just just because injuries are tough. If the, if Tampa Bay keeps Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston continues to put those one-on-one balls up for Mike Evans, uh, he, he might not be able to justify staying in the NFL anymore, getting hit as much as he does. I say answering your first question of why players are retiring so early I think we all kind of hit it on the head because they see how much they're getting hurt and they're seeing it's not worth it like all the money and everything that they're doing and the accolades like trying to go to the playoffs with the team and trying to win a Super Bowl is not worth your health at all and I think especially if you have a wife and you have kids you have a family there's some more important things but football you said it earlier Brandon there's more important things than football and they're understanding that and again kudos to Luke Keekley and Andrew Luck as far as players that are going to retire early one player that popped into my head Trent Williams I could definitely see him retiring early with uh, all the cancer stuff that's I happening can see that. and with all of the injuries that are happening and he's just furious with the Washington Redskins right mm-hmm. now and again I would like to see him go to another team but I just don't know if he can perform as well and he's getting up there in age I could definitely see him retiring but another younger guy I could see Hunter Henry also retiring the tight end for the he's Los Angeles really young yeah I could see with the amount of injuries he's been having and then when he comes back he plays okay but he keeps getting hurt um mm, yeah. so when I think of players that are early retiring I think of players that get hurt often and players that have a future beyond football and i think um the two players i think of are hunter henry and trent williams i have three names i want to put on the watch list okay and they're kind of surprising names number one the least surprising of my three jordan reed great tight end still kind of young he cannot stay healthy at no. this you probably a cte for life at this point i don't think he should come back next season yeah. i think the rest need to start finding his permanent replacement yesterday i i, I can see this dude retiring like now the other two I have, Richard Sherman. This is a dude that has been very vocal about um, NFL injuries and such. He's a very physical player. He's made his opinion known that, you know, this is a rough sport right. many times. That's going to end up happening. And number three, quarterback Carson Wentz. Another quarterback, very talented, very athletic, cannot stay healthy. I don't think he can't finish a full season. Again, got injured in the playoffs again. 
Carson Wentz, great player, but I think he should call it a career within the next three seasons. Yeah, I would definitely see that as an, especially if he retires the next couple of seasons. I could see that as an Andrew Luck type situation because he just signed a huge contract with the Eagles this past offseason. So that would be very interesting if that actually happened. Yeah. All right, and now we're going to start predicting the conference championship. Who is going to be in the Super Bowl? We're going to talk about the AFC championship first. Titans going to Kansas City and playing the Chiefs. Guys, who do you have in this game and why? This is the Titans' third straight playoff road game against a better regular season team. I think their luck is going to run out. I like this Kansas City team. I like Patrick Mahomes. He's hungry for a ring, and I think Mahomes is going to get it. A young Mahomes with a powerful offense like he has now. So many, so many offensive weapons. Titans won't be able to keep up. Patrick Mahomes will do it through the air. Henry will do it on the ground. Eventually, you're going to get more passing yards than you will rushing yards, and that's why they're going to win. Had the Chiefs uh, not put the pedal to the metal last week and scored 51 points, I may be hesitant to pick them, given the Titans' recent success um, and overall <laughs> grit they've showed throughout the playoffs. But the fact that this this Chiefs team in the playoffs put up 51 points, showing no mercy to a team they were down 24-0 to, not only shows the mental toughness of this team, but just the offensive explosiveness that the Chiefs possess. I think, like Brandon said, the Titans have been playing well, but their luck is just going to run out. Patrick Mahomes is is hungry for a championship. He's hungry for a Super Bowl ring. One D four offside last year potentially gives him a chance at a Super Bowl ring. Um, he's hungry. He's hungry for a ring. I think he's go out, gonna go out and give it. Give, give me the Chiefs. It's interesting that the Titans coming into this game have beaten three playoff caliber teams, including the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs earlier this season with Pat Mahomes healthy. Let's not forget about that. But that game was in Tennessee. This is different because it's an arrowhead, one of the loudest stadiums in sports. So that definitely has a lot to do with this game. I think a lot of people, when I talk to them, they say, oh, the Titans are going to win this game because they're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry. And I think he's going to get 150 plus yards in this game. And so far in the playoffs, when he gets 100 plus yards, Titans win. But in my opinion, they have faced a a zero dimensional offense in the New England Patriots. Because they had no offense. They faced a one-dimensional offense and the Baltimore Ravens because they just had the running game with Lamar Jackson. But this Kansas City Chiefs offense is different because they have Pat Mahomes who can pass the ball, but then they have a committee of running backs in the backfield who can also run the ball for this team. So yes, the Titans are going to score points to Derrick Henry, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to score more points. They're going to win this game. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. And now we got the Packers barely getting by at home. And now they're going to go to San Francisco and face a 49ers team that looked pretty good against the Minnesota Vikings. What do you think about this, guys? I'm going to say the same thing I've said the last, I don't know, 10 or so times you've asked me about the Packers. They're my Super Bowl pick. Now they're here in the NFC Championship game. It's bound to happen. I want to see a Rodgers and Mahomes Super Bowl. I think Green Bay has the team to get it done. Green Bay has been another team that struggled with consistent play. Their record isn't the full story. I don't think that this team is as good as the record shows. I'm going to be honest right now. The regular season performance is not as good as the second seed that they got. They kind of got lucky to get the home field advantage that they received. However, this is still a team I like. In the postseason, I like their weapons. They have so many targets. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams is a terrifying trio. The 49ers have a great defense. They'll be able to slow them down, but not enough. Rodgers will outpace Garoppolo, and the Packers will proceed to the Super Bowl. Bang, bang, Niner gang. 
I have got to take the 49ers in this game. This 49ers team has been hot. Um, in the past six, five or six, ga- um, six games, they've just been so great. And what's really, in my opinion, been the reason for that is the city of San the whole Bay Area has just rallied around San Francisco. Um, Bay Area legend E40 dropped the track Bang Bang Niner Gang, um, which is now certified gold and has t-shirts on the official 49ers website. This Bay Area has rallied around the 49ers. If they were going to Wisconsin, I may feel a little different, but if there was if Green Bay is going to the Bay Area, I think it's just going to be too much for them to handle. I think this Bay Area sports love is going to give the 49ers the boost they need. I think the swagger the 49ers are carrying right now, I love to see it. I got the 49ers in this game. Love what the Packers are doing. Brandon made some great points, but I just have to take the 49ers in this game. Yeah, I'm also going to take the 49ers in this game. I picked the Packers last week, but that's because they're I had them playing the Vikings um, last week, and that was at home. And I'm going to have to go with what you said, Morgan. I don't think the Packers can beat the 49ers in San Francisco. But also, like I said earlier, I just have a feeling that their defense can't play all four quarters. But ultimately, this game is going to come down to who has the ball last. I think this is going to be a closer game than a lot of people think. The game that they played earlier in the season where the 49ers demolished the Packers, it's not going to look anything like that. This game is going to be closer. I've seen Aaron Rodgers at the end of games do fantastic things. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo do amazing things at the end of games. This season, whoever gets the ball last is going to win this game. I think the 49ers will get the ball last. I think Jimmy Garoppolo will lead him down the field. Game-winning touchdown. 49ers will face the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Just a quick question, though. You guys watched the AFC and NFC Championships last year. Those were fantastic, both overtime games. Do you guys think these games will be just as good, if not better, than those games? No, I think the Packers 49ers game is going to be the better of the two games. Yes. But. No, we're not going to get another controversial thing like we had last year with New Orleans and LA, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. They'll be good games. They'll both be really watchable, entertaining, fun games to watch. Right. But no. Yeah, I, I Brandon put it best when he said, but no, five seconds ago. That's how I feel <laughs> to the answer to this question. Last year's games, the NFL committee was spoiled. They were excellent games. And although they brought some rule change controversies as well as some uh, hatred towards certain fan bases, we were spoiled last year with great games. These games this year, they're going to be good, I think. they're Neither is going to be a blowout, but just don't think we're going to get um, that high-quality performance we got from both sides last year. Got to move on now. You know what time it is? I know what time it is. What time is it? It's time for Way Too Early Predictions. So for this segment this time, we each chose four players that are moving into free agency this offseason, and we're each going to talk about them a little bit. So each of us have four players we predetermined. We're going to go in a circle, talk about that player. Are they going to stay? Are they going to go? Where are they going to go? How are they going to do? Just kind of quick questionnaire so i'll start it off i want to talk about marcus mariota everyone's favorite backup quarterback kind of sort of not really marcus Mariota had a couple really solid seasons with the tennessee titans i think he still has a lot left in the gas can this kid can still perform and he's going to he's not going to do it in tennessee though he's going to go somewhere else but this quarterback situation in the nfl right now is kind of odd that not many teams are actively looking for a quarterback there's a lot of teams that are looking for depth at the quarterback position but not a team's looking for a starter i think marcus mariota is capable enough to be a starter however when he gets signed i don't think that's going to be the team's primary objective they're going to sign him as depth i could very well see marcus mariota going to a team like carolina 
Carolina is the most glaring team for me as far as quarterback needs. Cincinnati's going to get their guy in the draft, so I'm not going to talk about them. Carolina is a team that's going to start entering a long rebuilding process, <coughs> and that's going to start at the quarterback position. I could very well see Matt Rule come in and keep Cam Newton as their starting quarterback. I don't think they should. It's possible. There's a lot of questions to the Carolina quarterback position, and Marcus Mariota fits their scheme. He's a player that can go in there, he can play, he likes the color blue. <laughs> I, can, I can very well see him becoming the starter of this team eventually. <laughs> that was the best point you had there at the end, Brandon. He likes to co- Hey, I like the color blue too. Shout out to Marcus. Um, free agent I'm going to cover right now was the man taking one pick before Marcus Mariota, and of course that is famous Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is the subject of a lot of controversy in the rather small Tampa Bay fan base right now. Um, but still significant enough to make Good Morning Football and other uh, major media outlets. And when I quote Bruce Arians saying this, I say this out of pure, just factual basis, we can win with Jameis Winston, we can win with another quarterback. Bruce Arians believes in Jameis Winston, and Bruce Arians likes Jameis Winston. We understand that. It's really like a father-son relationship. We get that. It's, It's romantic. It's great. It's great until there's 30 interceptions thrown. That's where the issue comes in. I think Tampa Bay moves on from Jameis Winston. This may be a hot take. You know, take it, you know, as you will. I think Bruce Arians coaxes Andrew Luck out of retirement to come play for Tampa Bay. (laughs) Andrew Luck and Bruce Arians, very close relationship. That's what I see the quarterback answer for Tampa Bay. Um, I also see them drafting a guy like Jacob Eason. But I see Tampa Bay not bringing Jacob Winston back. I see Jameis going to a team like the Rams, a team that is so heavily offensive-minded but has a quarterback that simply can't push the ball down the field. If you want a quarterback that can force the ball down the field and learn an offense, it's Jameis Winston. Bruce Arians' offense is one of the toughest in the NFL to learn. Each receiver per play has four possible routes they can run, and the quarterback just has to realize which one they run instantly. If he can go to an offensive guru from Bruce Arians to another offensive guru like Sean McVay, I think that's a great fit for Jameis Winston. I wish the best for Jameis Winston and think he's going to end up in Los Angeles. This is the kind of situation where I wish we had a face cam while we did these podcasts. (laughs) Because I think mine and Justin's reactions to what you said about Andrew Luck was one of the most priceless things I've seen in a long time. He's coming back. Super Bowl, Tampa Bay, 2021. (laughs) That would be awesome. I like that. It's the fact that you said you can call this a hot take if you want. Yes, I absolutely <laughs> want to call that a hot take. That's oh, what man. that is. <laughs> Say This is like a volcanic eruption type of hot take. Excellent. <laughs> Before I go into who I picked, um, something I thought about when you said Marcus Mariota going to the Panthers, I don't think he'll go to the Panthers because Cam Newton will leave. I think Cam Newton might retire. To be honest, like hmm. we talked about it earlier, this yeah. is the name I just thought about. Yeah. With him getting Definitely. injured all the time and him making all the money he's already had, why not just retire? Uh, just a little footnote for there. The only thing with Cam Newton is all the other players retiring have a good name. He does not have a good stipulation around his name right now. I think mm. he wants to fix that before he retires. Great point, Brandon. Yeah, I just don't know where I'd see him going after this season like and succeeding, just in my opinion. Denver. Denver has Drew Locke. That's their guy. They know that. And Denver just likes old white quarterbacks anyway. That is 100% wow. true. <laughs> Come on. All right. So now the guy I'm going to talk about, Shaq Barrett. Fantastic season. Probably the biggest bargain from last free agency. The Buccaneers had almost no cap space whatsoever for last free agency. And they came in, scooped him up. He led the NFL in sacks this season. 
I just don't see the Buccaneers bringing him back. I just don't see them having the cap room to bring him back because he's going to demand a lot of cap. When you led the NFL in sacks, you're going to demand a lot of money. And one team I could possibly see him go to is a team that needs to build up a defense. They have a defensive-minded head coach, a team that has, I believe, a top three pick in the draft, the Detroit Lions. If they can get a guy, I think they got Flowers, Trey Flowers, last year. If they can have a guy opposite of Trey Flowers and Shaq Barrett, they will have a really good front four. At least on the two opposite ends, you have an offense. You have a defensive-minded head coach and Matt Patricia who can lead them forward. And then if Matt Stafford is healthy for an entire season, I can see them at least competing towards the end of the season. But you need a guy like Shaq Barrett to anchor that defense. This has been Shaq Barrett's career so far. Quiet, 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 quiet. Holy crap. He's about to go back to quiet, quiet, quiet. He's about to be a Vic Beasley type of player. One amazing year. Absolutely nothing after that. I would love to see him in a Detroit uniform, but... I don't think he's going to perform anything like he has this season any ever again. Yeah. My next name I want to talk about is a player I've been very high on his whole career, and that's Robbie Anderson. He hasn't done anything mind-boggling in New York, but again, he's been a Jet. Not a lot of players who wear Jets uniforms play well. Not even Le'Veon Bell can make the Jets uniform look impressive. Robbie Anderson's going to leave the Jets, and he's going to go on to have amazing success somewhere else there are a lot of teams that need top caliber receivers and Robbie Anderson I believe is a top 15 talent at the receiver position if he's given a good team a good scheme and a good quarterback Robbie Anderson is going to go to the Denver Broncos okay interesting because one of the receivers just got named to the Pro Bowl Corlin Sutton just replaced DeAndre Hopkins in the Pro Bowl we can talk about that all we want I don't agree with that at all Denver's a team that is rebuilding they have a young quarterback. They now finally have some proven talent on both sides of the ball. Robbie Anderson's going to spice this team up a lot, and they're going to be fun to watch on offense for the first time since Peyton Manning was there. Okay. My next player I have here is Yannick Ngakwe. Try to say that five times fast. I bet you cannot. Yannick Ngakwe, Yannick Ngakwe, Yannick Ngakwe, Yannick Ngakwe, Yannick Ngakwe. We are not all nearly as talented <laughs> as you are, Brandon. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Yannick Ngakwe... The pass rusher for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe they will not bring him back. Uh, they are loaded with pass rush talent. Uh, they have Kalias Campbell on one end who can both um, play the run and rush the passer, um, as well as Josh Allen. They've got a solid um, interior defensive line. To me, Ngakwe is a premier pass rusher, and I think Ngakwe understands that and is going to demand more money than the Jaguars are willing to give him. I think Ngakwe hits the free agent market and finds himself on a team that desperately needs some pass rush help. And Justin Lowkey kind of stole this from me, but I had him going to the Lions. The Lions are in desperate need of pass rush. Trey Flowers is good, but he commands all the attention. Snacks is a run stuffer. That's it. They need that guy on the other side that's able to draw some attention um, so Trey Flowers doesn't get doubled all the time. I think that guy can be Yannick Ngakwe. Um, assuming they don't get Shaq Barrett, like Justin said, excellent take by Justin there. But I think he possesses that pass rushing ability, that raw pass rushing ability that Matt Patricia um, wants. Um, still looking for a breakout season. I think if he signs with the Lions, he gets it next year. Um, somebody I'm talking about now, Mari Cooper. I do not think the Cowboys are going to bring him back, mostly because they will not have the cap room to bring him back at all. I think it was they should have signed Amari Cooper rather than Zeke. They could have gotten another running back. Maybe not to perform as well as Zeke, but I think running backs are easily replaceable in the NFL. They, at least the easiest position to replace in the NFL. 
I think Amari Cooper, even though towards the end of the year, he did not perform well. So also another reason why the Cowboys might not resign him. I still think he's the number one wide receiver in the NFL, one of the most talented receivers in the NFL. He just needs to go somewhere where he can be a deep threat, where the quarterback has a big arm. I had this hot take for the entire 2019 season. Unfortunately, the Bills didn't win the AFC East in 2019. But if they get Mark <laughs> Cooper, we're going to play play it. The Bills are going to win the AFC East. We're going to play that replay, that soundbite that I have. The Bills are going to win the AFC East in 2020. One of the reasons is they will get Amari Cooper. We're still playing that soundbite every single podcast in the offseason. I hope you know that. Oh, no, we will. (laughs) (laughs) Next play I want to talk about, I want to talk about Eric Ebron a little bit, but we're having to cut down a little bit due to time constraints. I want to talk about Kendall Fuller. I want to talk about a defensive player. Kendall Fuller, the Kansas City Chiefs cornerback, is a player who has kind of been lackluster this year. When he signed with the Chiefs, we were like, this is just going to be great. And he, he was pretty good his first year in Kansas City. But he was still better as a Redskin. I don't think this kid has performed as well as he should have. I think the Chiefs need to let him go. They have a lot of studs on their team. They need to start planning for far in advance. And Kendall Fuller is going to be a casualty to that. Kendall Fuller is a player with a lot of talent. Still a number one quarterback on most teams. I don't know who he's going to go to, per se. I could possibly see him go back to Washington. They really need a cornerback, especially after the catastrophe that Josh Norman became. <laughs> I'm going to see him going back to Redskins this offseason. They need defensive help, and Kendall Fuller already knows that team. Uh, the last guy I'm going to talk about today is uh, Byron Jones. And Justin was talking about Amari Cooper. Um, following some Cowboys news sites earlier in the season, um, Jerry Jones expressed some interest in bringing back Amari Cooper and Dak before considering bringing back Byron Jones. So I have a strong feeling Byron Jones will hit the open market. Byron Jones, in my opinion, is a good corner. Is not a incredible corner, um, but has an incredible vertical jump and can make plays off the ball. He can play safety if need to. He can play corner. Um, and really just provides that number one guy, that vet, if you have younger players in the secondary. A team that I could see definitely going after Byron Jones um, is a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, assuming they get rid of a guy like Kendall Fuller, bringing in a guy like Byron Jones who is proven and can work with a guy like Tyron Matthew and work to kind of get these younger guys on defense up to speed. This Kansas, Kansas City defense can be mean. Um, this Kansas City defense last year was not very good. This year has shown improvement under some veteran leadership. I think with a guy like Byron Jones locking up one side and Tyron Matthew really um, playing that uh, strong zone safety role on the other side, this Chiefs team can have a dominant defense. So I see Byron Jones hitting the open market. The Chiefs putting a pretty good bid on him, uh, and he going to Kansas City. Uh, I could definitely see him replacing Kendall Fuller and having a Marcus Peters type role in Kansas City. All right, so for my third player, it's somebody we have to talk about here. It's Tom Brady. Uh, I think Tom Brady is not coming back to New England, even though some people are saying like, yeah, he could come back, but I think he's demanding way too much money for a 42-year-old quarterback. He does not deserve the amount of money he wants. Also, he said that he's ready to play. He wants to play, and the fact that he said that, along with everything that he's demanding from the Patriots, I think he's going to leave. And one team, I don't think he'll go to this team, but I would love for him to go to this team. I would love to see him go to the Chicago Bears. I know they don't have a whole lot of weapons, as my friend Morgan here has told me time and time and time they again. They don't have weapons. Tell him to go to Tampa. I honestly think he would be a pretty decent fit in Tampa, but if they get where Jameis Winston, which I do not think they will. But Tom Brady, I think with... Robinson is a number one receiver for that team. They just need to add a couple more guys on that team. I think they have a second round pick in the draft. They can easily get a number two receiver. 
in the draft. I think Trey Burton is a decent tight end who he can rely on. And I also think that they have some good running backs in the backfield and a great defense on the other side. I think Tom Brady could work with the Chicago Bears in the 2020 season. If, for whatever unholy reason, Tom Brady does not return in a Patriots uniform, I firmly believe he will. He will be in a Colts uniform. That is the Oof. only other team I can see him going to is the Colts. Ooh. I don't think I could watch the NFL after witnessing that. Man. <laughs> Would they give him 12? <coughs> think about Tom Brady ending his career the same place Peyton Manning started it. But Andrew that Luck was... retired with 12. Would they give him 12, disrespecting Andrew Luck, who did so much for that franchise and then retired due to health reasons? Tom Brady is a player who would change his number out of respect for someone else. He already offered Mohamed Sanu number 12 when he came in. That was Mohamed Sanu. Yeah. No one cares about Mohamed Sanu. I could, I could very well see Tom Brady coming out like a number seven jersey just for old classic A number times. one jersey. Tom Brady in a number one jersey. Book it. Number 99, first time ever. <laughs> oh, man. It'd just be very interesting to see him in a Colts uniform because of the rivalry that he had with Peyton Manning. All those AFC Championship games, yeah. and then him beating Peyton Manning in all the AFC Championship games, except the one time Peyton Manning and Marlon Jackson getting that pick six to end the game. It'd be really weird to see Tom Brady in a Colts uniform. Wouldn't be as weird to see him in a Tampa Bay uniform. What? Morgan. That's an, MV- <laughs> that's an MVP season for Tom Brady right there. You give him Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard. No chance. O.J. Howard has a 2,000-yard season. Book it. Call it a hot take if you want. I call it a volcanic take. Shout out to Brandon for that word. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, I think that just about wraps up what we have here today. Thank you very much for tuning in. Blitz crew, as always, Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, special guest today, Morgan Pangle. Thank you very much for coming out, and we will be back next week for another episode of Beyond the Blitz. We have a lot to talk about all the time, always, so please stay tuned. And I hope you follow us on Spotify if you aren't already. Again, this has been Beyond the Blitz.